The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The most important thing about your business could be how your products are packaged. Packaging is the signature that you leave everywhere, and it speaks volumes about who you are and what you do. This is Ditch the Box with David Marinak. In today's show, we'll talk about marketing, increased sales, and how it relates to product packaging. Have you explored alternatives like flexible packaging? You should. It can save your company a bundle. Now, here is David Marinak. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ditch the Box, the marketing slash flexible retail packaging slash how to build your brand radio show. I'm David Marinak, your host. As you know, our show is about marketing and flexible retail packaging with a few other related topics in between, such as how to build your brand, dealing with major retailers, and even supply chain. Today's guest is Katie Robbins of The Taste of Tuscany, and you are going to love her story and her passion. Katie has started from the ground up a fresh a line of fresh pasta sauces packaged quite nicely in Princeton's retail packaging, I might add. More on that later. That can be found in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area, as well as locations in New Jersey, and we soon hope here in Ohio. But like we do with all our guests, we want to first learn about her background how she got to where she is today, and really what makes her tick. So let's learn about Katie Robbins. Katie Robbins, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Now, I know we're going to spend a little more time when we get into your entrepreneurial journey and and all that where you're at today, but we want to learn a little bit more about Katie Robbins, the person. So you went to Penn State undergrad, is that correct? Yes, I went to Penn State um, Berks for all four years. And my undergrad is in elementary education. And again, like so many of us, when we get into college, we're all kind of thinking that, that, you know, we've got our life planned out ahead of us. We understand exactly where we're going to end up. Um, And just like the rest of us, myself included, uh, little detours along the way. Right, Katie? Oh, yes. You know, it was always my dream um, to be a teacher, to be a school counselor. That was just kind of my path. And I thought that that's what I was going to do. I was going to work an eight to five job and have that security and just love working with children and, and follow my dreams. But fortunately, that was not my plan. So I had quite a few detours on the way. <laughs> was it, is it, um, you know, it's interesting because a lot of things, I'm in Cleveland, in Midwest, and um, there's been a, they can't hire, well, no, I, could, I shouldn't say that. Certain teachers of certain, uh, with certain backgrounds, they, you know, they, they, they're, 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 there's great demand for, but were you finding that there just weren't jobs? Were there just not jobs in the districts that you were interested in? What was, what was the, the issue if you were just looking, looking back? Well, my end goal was to be a school counselor. So as soon as I graduated, I didn't really necessarily go out looking for a teaching job because I right. knew I wanted to start my master's right away. 
So I can't, um, you know, give advice on that just because I didn't really go searching for a job. I went straight into my master's program full time and I, uh, started nannying just to kind of have a income and, and keep myself busy while I was doing my master's. So unfortunately when I graduated, it was very difficult to find a job. Um, I was constantly going on interviews. I would get you know, to the last round and they wanted someone with more experience and right. I didn't have that experience yet. So I kind of found it, found it difficult to, um, to find anything <laughs> in my field. So, you know, it's, it's interesting because I went through something similar, um, now my wife, uh, but when she graduated from, for undergrad, she also, uh, got her master's in, um, in social work and uh, obviously in counseling and things like that. But, um, she too found that it was it's frustrating because it's a, a career that can help so many people um, and I yeah. don't care whether you're counseling young kids or um, teens or or whatever it may be um, it but it tends to be that that career or the career that tends to be that that um, position that's quickly cut um, when companies are looking to slash costs I don't think people realize the power of counseling and and that's the frustrating part um, and this isn't a show about counseling but you know I, I just <laughs> think it's 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 frustrating because that's usually the the hardest you know the you, you spent it's the first one and to go and it's just and, yeah. and it can help people so much it's unbelievable yep yeah yeah that's shame. I know and really the numbers are supposed to be 250 children to one um, counselor. But if you look in the schools, it's usually just, you know, elementary schools, it's the entire school to one counselor or two. Um, right. And the schools around me, uh, there's probably, I don't know, 500, you know, 800 kids in the elementary school to, to one school counselor. And that can't be very effective. So um, Can't be. It's just insane. <laughs> Now, yeah. Holy Family was where you went for your uh, master's. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. And, and Holy Family—that's that's Philadelphia. Is that is that right? Yeah, that's that's in that's in Philadelphia. Yeah. And I. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was going to say was, um, and you had mentioned that you were you had kind of known when you were coming out undergrad that you definitely needed to get your master's to really get into this, into the the counseling side of things. And um, was Holy Family known for that? Was it just a convenience? Why Holy Family versus you know some other university, if you will? Um, convenience. It was yes. probably fifteen to ten minutes away from my house. Um, I applied to Arcadia. I had also gotten into Arcadia, but that was probably a 30, 40 minute drive for me. And I just wanted the convenience of being close to home. They had a great program. I've heard wonderful things about it. A couple of my friends had attended and, um, I, I went on the interview and fell in love with the school. I, I actually worked there. Um, I nannied and I also worked for the school. I was their research assistant for three years and I, I loved every bit of it. So. That's cool. That's cool. And That's and who knows? You know, well. it's it's interesting. Who knows how things will shake out? Who knows how um, you know uh, things turn and, and and whatever it is. And you obviously speak highly of of Holy Family. And and you know what? It, it, who knows how it'll shake out? You never know. Yeah, 
Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you never know where the road's going to take you, right? Exactly. And, and so <laughs> you would mentioned a little bit before that you got into nannying to earn a couple of bucks. And it was, was the nannying, uh, and you were also involved with kinder care um, along those yeah. lines. So where yeah. was the nannying before kinder care at the same time? Tell us a little bit more about that. Um, as soon as I graduated, I worked at, well, I started working at kinder care during my undergrad, so I continued working at kinder care through um, the beginning of my master's, and then I was working there full-time. It just became too much, so um, I quit kinder care, and I started uh, as a nanny, I guess, my first year into uh, my graduate program, and then um, it wasn't enough. (laughs) I started working at Holy Family as a grad assistant. Um, so I kind of, you know, my children and I got to work with children and I got to, you know, research a whole bunch of neat things. <laughs> well, you definitely yeah. got in the mix. I can totally see your passion with kids cause that, you know, you just kind of gravitate towards that. Well, I don't care whether it's kinder care or nannying, but, but nannying yeah. is interesting. You, you've got to be licensed and I don't want to say bonded cause it sounds, but you, you, that's, that's, it's not like you can just kind of post a sign outside your door and say, I'm a nanny now, you got to go through some training or something, right? I went through um, a couple of agencies. Right. With the family, yes, you do. Um, they, they give you um, a test when you, when you begin and, you know, you have to go through trainings and whatnot. Um, and I was paired with the uh, U.S., and I fell in love with them, and still to this day, I see uh, those kids all the time. They're a huge part of my life, and it was just a great relationship. So That's very cool. What about, you know, it, yeah. it's neat. So you and your husband decide to buy a house. Uh, or, or somewhere in there you get married. So where was that? Let's just kind of wrap that whole thing up. The phone broke up. I'm sorry. Repeat That's that okay. one more time. You're, so somewhere in there, you, you, you got married, and then you and your husband went out, decided to go out and look at a house. And it was the reason why I'm setting this table is because is it really kind of helps paint that picture where all of a sudden you're realizing, hey, wait a minute, I'm not really in the career path that I want, and I may yep. need to think about something different. So, so when, when in there did you get married and you guys decide to buy a house? So um, I met my husband when I was uh, 18. We've been together for the last 11 years. Uh, we ended up getting married um, right after I graduated from grad school, and we uh, started looking for a house, and we found a house. We fell in love. We ended up buying the house, and then the real world hit, and I didn't have a job. <laughs> so um, I needed an income, you know, and unfortunately I wasn't finding one. I was going on tons of interviews and I really didn't want to go back to nannying. I just, I wanted to, to find something and find that career. And when I couldn't have what I wanted, I decided to go with my passion and my passion was cooking and food. Um, it was such a risky, uh, decision. I don't know. I've always loved food. I mean, my mom would laugh when I was little. I would 
drag the chair over to the counter and pretend, you know, mixing, <laughs> you know, things <laughs> well, together. I just, well, I, I, I love, love the comment where you, where you, you said, um, and, and probably in your bio when you and I were trading some emails, that you decided to follow your passion, like you said, instead of what you were supposed to do. Um, yeah. and, I, and I hear you because we're all supposed to be what our teachers and parents th- or even ourselves thought we were supposed to be. But, you know, Absolutely. you had other ideas and, and, and the real world hit, like you said. And, um, and, and I love that because um, when, um, you know, it's that old proverbial, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade. And, and this is what our listeners are really going to enjoy in the next uh, part. And we're going to take a quick break here and really dig into the next chapter of your life because it's one of resilience. Um, it's one of um, inspiration, and I mean that sincerely because you just were inspired to kind of like, hey, I'm going to pivot and do something different. And yeah. um, and I really think our uh, our listeners are really going to enjoy the next chapter of your life. So, Katie, we need to take a quick break. Stay tuned, folks. We're going to be right back with our buddy Katie Robbins. Stay tuned. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health. All kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Tune in to the Dr. Gladney Radio Show every week. For enlightening, provocative, real conversations, advice, and tips that you can use to improve your life. If you feel overwhelmed, confused, stressed, or lost in the cycle of life, this is the show for you. Dr. Gladney and her guests will help you repair, manage, and create an amazing life. No topic is off limits and is discussed with real solutions on our show. That's the Dr. Gladney Radio Show, live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you, that's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com.
You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you would like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back to Ditch the Box, ladies and gentlemen. We're chatting with our friend Katie Robbins from The Taste of Tuscany, Tuscany, fresh yet simple pasta sauces. Let me tell you a little bit more about Katie. Katie always thought she'd be working a nine-to-five job as a school counselor, as we heard of the first segment of her show. However, being a school counselor wasn't in the cards for her. What she didn't know is through this journey, she would find her true calling and passion in life, food. The Taste of Tuscany is an independently owned and operated business currently specializing in freshly made, preservative-free pasta sauces. The ingredients are handpicked from the same person who cooks the sauce, Katie, so you know the sauce you're feeding your family is as fresh as possible. The Taste of Tuscany is a newly formed company, and they're currently based out of the Philadelphia and surrounding areas. However, don't fret, they're working hard to get their sauces to future fans all across the country. Katie is 28 years old. Her undergraduate degree is in elementary education, and her master's, as you heard earlier, is in counseling. Yet, when she graduated, she found it difficult to find full-time employment. Through her inspiration and desperation, she knew she needed to earn a living and got creative. Katie had incredible pasta sauces that she had created herself and decided to sell them at local farmers markets. There she became such or there they became in such demand that she thought she'd try and sell the food at various food stores. She went through many steps to get her parents' kitchen certified, which we'll hear about. Once she got everything certified, the next day she called Jenkintown Whole Foods. They told her to come in, and they would check out her product. All she walked in with was a Tupperware container filled with sauce. Yet, she met with these Whole Foods folks for about 45 minutes, and when she walked out, she didn't know what to expect except that she thought they were crazy. She asked them just to try her sauce and let her know what they thought. On her way home, they called and told her that they wanted her product in the store. She was incredibly happy because she knew this was the beginning of a new dream. Whole Foods walked her through the entire process. They helped her with everything she needed to get started, from nutrition value for her sauces, shelf life life testing, and even packaging, and anything else she needed. Once her product hit the store shelves, she expanded to stores including other Whole Foods, McCaffrey's, Shop and Bag, and soon-to-be Acme. At this point, she's still expanding and even looking into her own facility. Her product is unique, and she believes this gives her company an advantage. She uses all fresh vegetables. The base is sauce. Base of the sauce is tomatoes, yellow squash, zucchini, mushrooms, and onions. She doesn't add any preservatives, and there are only 25 milligrams of sodium. The sauce is packaged in a stand-up pouch that is BPA-free, recyclable, and freezer-safe. Geez, girl, most people, when confronted with difficulty, struggle and think they're doomed, their life is ruined, but not you, Katie. You start a company. Good for you. That's not an easy decision. That is not an easy decision. Did you come from an entrepreneurial family or anything in your past spark an interest in starting your own company? No, nothing. My parents, my dad was an accountant and my mom was a school counselor. They uh, worked their nine-to-five job, and um, I had no experience with anyone who was an entrepreneur, um, and <laughs> I thought I was crazy for, for stepping out of my box that I thought I was you know, supposed to, to work my nine-to-five job and kind of venture into this world, but um, ended up working out, and I'm still kind of, you know, testing the waters and, and whatnot, but 
it's going. <laughs> well, I don't think you're going to have any problem down the road between uh, having a mom as a counselor to lean on for that respect, your dad as oh, a oh as an accountant to be able to kind of help you manage the books. I think it will be just fine, Katie, just <laughs> fine. That's a blessing, yep. <laughs> now, how My about parents, cooking, um, in, cooking in general? Were you always, I know you mentioned a little bit before, you were always pretending to cook, but was food a big part of your upbringing as a family? Were you guys always getting together for Sunday dinners? Tell us a little bit more about the upbringing and cooking in your background. Um, I love my mom dearly, so I hate to say this, but she was not a good cook. Um, oh, mine neither. <laughs> mine neither. I hear you. Go ahead. Sorry. You know, Sorry, I digress. Dinner time, I loved dinner time because it was family time. So right. that was always a must. Everyone had to be home for dinner. Um, and we weren't, you know, we didn't have these big dinners um, on the weekend, like Sunday family dinner. It was right. make sure everyone's home at night. We all need to sit down and talk about our day. Um, it, it was kind of uh, a, a meeting time, and it was wonderful. I had a great upbringing. Um, but the food, <laughs> I can't say it was amazing. So I think at a young age, <laughs> I kind of took over. So I definitely, right. in high school, I started to experiment with different types of dinners. And at that point, it kind of switched to me and my mom being in the kitchen together. Um, right. So that was the beautiful part. She Was she, was she, she was, cool with that? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Because it was time we got to spend together. Right. So, um, you know, it ended up becoming a family thing, and we would all enjoy the different foods that I would kind of make up some good, not so good. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it became a thing in, in our house. So, Any brothers and sisters? Yes, I have one brother. He is four years older than me, and um, he's definitely health conscious and uh, loves healthy food, loves vegetables. Unfortunately, my father, he, um, his famous words are, I won't eat anything green. Um, And so he hates vegetables, and that's kind of how I created myself a vegetable base. I wanted to trick my dad into eating vegetables. So I started slowly adding vegetables into my food and, and, um, and, he would eat them, <laughs> not he was eating them. And that's, you know, it's so interesting, too, because that's, um, that's how, you know, it's that inspiration thing we were talking about before. You were, uh, determination is another one. You're like, hey, I'm going to make sure my dad gets vegetables here, and he may not know it, but he's going to get them one way or the other. Yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and and why um, and I don't want to wax too too crazy on the on the vegetable side of things, but what was it? Did had, did you know that yellow squash and zucchini could kind of be mixed in there without that that you know with that vegetable taste? I mean, what was it that, or was that just through experimentation that you kind of came up with that? To be honest, it was what was in our fridge. I know that nice. sounds absolutely terrible, no, and I should no. have had this like you know big concoction. But no, it was just um, what was in our fridge, and I had, you know, kind of like a ratatouille. You know, you want to throw everything together. And my dad loved um, meat. He loved meat sauce. And I thought, you know what? I could grind this up and kind of make it a chunky sauce, like a meat sauce, but have it vegetable-based. And I kind of went from there. So I just (laughs) ground up the vegetables, and he honestly... The first couple months didn't even realize that it was a vegetable sauce and not a meat sauce. No kidding. 
Yeah, I, I swear he he you know he just eat it and think it was a meat sauce. Hey, like hey. about, Whatever it, it takes, so Dad. That's what. It, here you go. Here's your meat sauce. Yeah, <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah. So. You had mentioned that Whole Foods, and I, and I, can, I, can, I wish I was a, a fly on the wall because I, I see this young girl walking into a Whole Foods <laughs> with nothing but a Tupperware container um, and, 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 a, and a dream, so to speak. And you're going in there saying, look, I'm going to, you know, how, A, tell us, because I know a lot of our listeners are, are young entrepreneurs um, with, 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 or dreams of that. That takes a tremendous amount of courage. What were you feeling at that time as you're walking in there going, I'm crazy, I'm, I'm going to get laughed at here? Tell us what that, that day was like for you. Oh, I was so nervous. The day before, uh, the Department of Agriculture had just approved my, my parents' kitchen, and that was nerve-wracking within itself. And right. um, I was driving somewhere with my mom. And my mom said, just call them. What's the worst that could happen? If they say no, they say no. Just give right. them a call. Right. So I listened to her, I called them, and I pitched my ID, and I think they thought that I was further along, that I had packaging, that I had, you know, all this stuff. Um, but so they said, you know, come on in. So that day, um, I was shaking my boots driving up to the food store, <laughs> and I sit down right. with um, a couple guys who had worked there, and they said, all right, you know, show me your product. So I take my product out of my, I, I bought a um, lunch container. <laughs> it was in a <laughs> lunch so container. Cool. So I unzip my lunch container and I put it out on the table. And all three of them look up at me like, what is that? And I was like, this is my product. And they're like, it's a Tupperware container. I said, yeah, I know. And they said, oh, no, you can't take this. And I said, well, you know, why am I here, basically? And they said, well, we thought it was like a product we're selling, you know, that had shelf right. life and all these things. And I'm looking at them going, oh, my gosh, I don't even know what they're talking about. Yeah, right, I right, said, right. Um, just please try it. I said, if anything, can you just give me advice? Just take 10 minutes out of your day and just, just give me advice. I'm, I know nothing in this field, um, and I'm just looking for a little guidance. And we ended up sitting there talking for about 30, 45 minutes, and they were just giving me you know, you need shelf life. You need, um, uh, uh, my gosh, nutrition value. You need packaging right. and different right. things like that, pH testing. And I'm going, oh, my gosh, okay. So I'm writing everything down in my notebook, and I'm thinking I'm never going to hear from them again. Um, and I left my, I, I left the Tupperware container with them. And I said, please try it. You know, eat it with pasta. Enjoy. Within 30 minutes of walking out of that meeting, I had a phone call from them, and they said, we love your product. We'll do whatever we can to get you in our store. Oh, come on. That's just I, awesome. <laughs> I mean, all right. So, all right. So, so they cooked up some pot. I would imagine they did or dipped some bread or whatever it is like we, we see on. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's fairy tale. I mean, that's fantastic. That's incredible. It, I cried. He, um, I got the, it was an email first and then I got a phone call with the email and I still have the email. It's framed. And I, and I, you know, I'm <laughs> with my mom and I just started crying. I was like, Oh my gosh, you know, Maybe I do have a future. Maybe I can follow my passion. And it was kind of like the first day into this world of yep, yep. 
of my beginning, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, like I said before, before the break, you really pivoted. I mean, and a lot of people, Katie, um, and I interview a, a bunch of people, a lot of people don't have the courage like you do to go out there and do it. Um, you know, uh, again, so many people wait until the perfect time. Um, mm-hmm. and they wait for all the right, you know, all the stars to align and all those other kinds of things. And, and it, that never happens. The ones that <laughs> are the ones that get recognized are the ones that are that have the courage to walk into uh, Whole Foods with a Tupperware container and say, "I don't know anything. Help me." Um, yeah. And and you know that just you know and, and I'm telling you um, that's just a very very cool story and and it's just amazing and good for you. Yeah, it was uh, amazing. And Whole Foods, I have to give a shout out to them because still a year a year into this. They have been amazing. I mean, they have really helped me. All the stores I'm in now, they are such big supporters of local vendors, and they go yeah. out of their way all the time to help me. Well, it's interesting you brought that up because I was going to segue a little bit into that, and I think it's interesting. Whole Foods, um, over the last, probably I'd say the last year, um, has really been getting hit hard because for the longest time, Whole Foods is, is what do they call it, whole paycheck because they're, they're, they're never the cheapest guy in town. And um, <laughs> However, yes. um, those of us that love Whole Foods, and I'm one of them, um, you know, know that they really do support local vendors. They really support entrepreneurs. Um, they've got those micro loans that they offer to uh, new suppliers that need to get on their store shelves and things. And so they're very entrepreneurial as an organization. And and um, and I know that they're they'll they'll find their way. They're not you know they're not going anywhere. They just have to kind of they're pivoting just like you and I have. But um, I just find it interesting when you say that they helped you. Um, you know, I heard you say that they helped you as far as like, um, did they point you in the right direction of people that could help you find your, your nutrition values or your shelf life or shelf life stability tests and that kind of stuff? Tell uh, us more. No, they basically said to me, these are our requirements. You need to meet these requirements. Um, and that's how you get into our store. So they gave me a huge list of things that I needed to do. And I just went down that list and I just you know, each one off. So from the time I had my first meeting with them, it took about six months to get into the store um, because I had to go through all the process of just, of, of getting all those, all those things done, my products. So it took me about six months. And, and I want to just bounce back because I know that we kind of you, you'd mentioned something before about getting your your kitchen certified. What what's involved with getting a kitchen certified? Is that for Whole Foods or cooking uh, commercially in general? What does that mean? Yes, cooking commercially in general. General, like if you're um, even if you sell at a farmers market or or anything like that, you need to to be certified. Now, I'm certified with the Department of Agriculture because I'm right. not using any meat or or um, food or seafood or anything like that. It's just strictly vegetable based. Right. So, um, I'm just certified with the Department of Agriculture, and that's kind of a funny story too. So, when I had this bright idea. Um, it was the summertime. We had just bought a house and I needed an income. And I thought, you know what? Let me start selling my pasta sauce at a farmer's market. So I called the Department of Agriculture and they gave me a couple steps that I needed to follow. And one of them was to get my water tested. Now, my parents' house, they, they have a well. And the Department of Ag needs a um, be able to tap that 
that well. And right. unfortunately, my parents don't have a tap, uh, meaning above ground, right. so that they could tap right. into the well. Right. And uh, so I looked at my dad, and he's retired now. He was an accountant. <laughs> and I said, how do we do this? He goes, well, you got to dig up our front yard. I mean, that's the only way to get to it. And I said, this is something we can do. He goes, well, I guess you're going to get a shovel. So I took us. Um, how about a week? We had to dig so far down, um, and we did it by hand. And then we oh, called stop. a plumber. And Katie, they, cut no, it out. I, Are you serious? I, I swear. And this is before I even started selling at the farmer's market. Like, this was just <laughs> a pipe dream. And, you know, my parents are amazing, and they believe in me so much that they said, yep. So we all got together, and I swear, dug up our front yard. So, and the, you know, they, they created the piping so that they could tap into it, and, and now it's all above ground. And that's kind of how it really started way back when. <laughs> and when so. you started going to the farmer's markets, um, you were probably packaging in jars or canisters, something that you could get your hands yeah. on to stock, right? Yep. Actually, the local food store, they have, you know, the, the Tupperware containers that you put pasta salad in yep, um, yep, that you yep. get at the deli counter. That's what yep. I was packaging in. So, well, and again, um, it was it was available, and that's that's kind of now. Were, were you filling those hot? Or are you filling it at room temperature? What was what was that no. like back in the day? So I have to cool it within six hours. So I have to get okay. it to temperature of one hundred and thirty-five, and then I have six hours to cool it to. Um, uh, 40, uh, 40, oh my gosh, 40 degrees. Yeah, whatever and, it is, right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I would fill them cold. Sorry, I would fill them cold. Is that, was that by design or just the way you had always done it? Or, and I, I'm just, just curious because some people no, fill sauces hot. Yeah, oh, they, that's how okay. they told me I had to package it. Got it. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. and I just was, and, and what was a good day back in the days of the farmer's markets when you have these, these canisters selling 25 of them, a hundred of them? Um, how did you know <laughs> that, you know, that you knew you were onto something here when people said, I, I really want more of this sauce? I would go through on average between 25 and like 45 jars or canisters, um, that on Saturday. So, and that was and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, like this could yeah, actually right. be something. And then I had a following. By the end of the summer, people knew about me. And people were, you know, I'm a pasta sauce girl. And um, I would start getting orders from caterers and different things like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, that's how it went. And, and then uh, I made that phone call. <laughs> you know, so. and, and and it's it's so cool because I, I'm curious. Were you were you thinking ahead? And I know you made that phone call after that to Whole Foods and stuff. But were you thinking ahead? Were you capturing these people in some way when they were buying? I know you were known as the pasta sauce girl and that kind of stuff. But were you? How were you keeping in touch with these people at all? Just seeing them again at the farmers markets, or were you kind of gathering their information to kind of you know mention new sauces or flavors? I'm just kind of curious if you were you were that far ahead of the curve to try to, you know, no, stay in touch with them. No, I was not. Okay. You <laughs> were on survival so mode. Yeah, I was just so weekly, and um, and that's that's kind of how I would get my 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 client left, I guess, basically, yeah, yeah, right. and they would just order from me. And was this a seasonal um, farmer's market or all year round? 
it was just a seasonal. So when I yeah. started this, it was probably in May. Um, so it was just May to, hmm, um, I guess, uh, uh, late August, early September. And I didn't start in Whole Foods until February. Got it. That's wow. interesting. Did, with, with Whole Foods, and I understand um, all the steps where they kind of gave you this checklist, or together you guys created this checklist on how to get on their store shelves, but did they help you determine the price point you needed to be at when you finally uh, were ready to be on the store shelf at Whole Foods? Yes and no. So okay. I came with, with my cost, and then they put their um, percentage on it, and that's kind of how we, we worked it out. Um, and if, if I thought it was too high for the customers, then, you know, i take a little bit off, they take a little bit of off, a little bit of negotiation kind of. Right. And um, depending on what section you're in, so when I had started, I was under the grocery section, but um, now I'm under the specialty section, so I'm found where the um, the fresh pastas and the cheeses are in the food store. So was that was that a, is that a good thing, a bad thing? Did do you have a a, a preference one way or the other? I think that's an interesting kind of um, a, a piece of knowledge there. Uh, yes, I would much rather be in the grocery section because it's, it's a less of a markup. Um, but because it's specialty, they can do that. So uh, you know the price point is higher, and it's eight ninety nine, which I'm not in love with. But you know yeah. my hands are tied; I can't do anything about it. So. And and again, at the um, and I, and I say this specifically for for those of our listeners that just don't um, any regrets. I mean, any regrets at this point dealing oh. with Whole Foods or that kind of stuff? I mean, it's worked out fairly well to this point, right? Any regrets at this point? No, I I would say all of my mistakes I am turning into learning experiences because yep. I think you need those mistakes, um, and I've made many. Um, but you know, looking back, I, I I can't say. I think it's just the path, and that's and that's what I'm going with. And Absolutely. it wasn't meant to be. It wasn't meant to be, and and that's yep. where I am. So yeah, great attitude. I hear you. So does your product now? Your product needs to be refrigerated. Um, yeah. Does that hurt your chances at all of being found back because you are backed by the specialty? Um, yeah. Does, I mean, yes, it oh, it does affect how you're how you're found. Yes, I would believe so. I mean, when most people go into the food store, they think pasta sauces, they think right. the charge section. Um, and so, you know, I'm over in the specialty section by myself. There are a couple other uh, refrigerated sauces uh, that Whole Foods sells. And I don't know. There's not that, you know, not many people know about them. They go in and they go straight to the, the box pasta and the, and the jarred pasta, or pasta right. sauces, sorry. And so that 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 does kind of take away some of my um, following, but I'm in the stores every week um, demoing my products. So my, my goal is, you know, try to hit every store every other week. Um, at this point, I'm almost in 30 food stores, so I'm very busy. Um, my mom helps me demo as well. 
So I'm just trying to get my name out there. And, you know, the more mouths I feed, I guess, the more hopefully following I have. Well, and that's and that's why I, I asked that question because I think it's you know to me personally I love going to the to this I'm I'm one of those those guys that would rather spend the eight ninety nine for the pasta sauce because I know that there's there's some specialty to it um, yeah and and I like to kind of go there and I know you're always going to have those people that go well it's Prego and I'm used to paying a dollar ninety nine for Prego but you know yeah. we're comparing apples and oranges but. Um, you know, I love the fact that, you know, it is refrigerated. It is different. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is unique. Uh, it's back in the specialty area. And that was what I was also going to dovetail that with was you can go in and demo, which is, you know, that's a great way for you to really kind of separate yourself and, and really get in front of these people um, and get them to try your sauce. Yeah. It, it's a great experience, too, because I can meet the customers and I can, you know, meal plan too I'm, I'm big on um you know not just the traditional pasta with sauce you know i love right. to bake mine with uh, chicken or saute it with mussels and shrimp or i eat it over um um uh, the zucchini noodles have you heard of them you know the oh yeah uh, i love it the, that's the, awesome the jetty yep totally <laughs> um i roast it with eggplant or i stuff mushroom caps with it you know i eat it all different ways than just over your traditional meatballs and pasta. And how often are you kind of coming up with, um, you know, different ideas for flavors or different new versions down the road? Is that, is that a decent, I mean, are you allowed to kind of have something, um, you know, say for example, you're, you're, you're demoing your traditional, you know, flavors, but can you have a third one there and say, Hey, would you mind testing this out and see what you think? I mean, is that something you can do or you're not allowed to do when you demo at a whole yeah, foods? That's, that's, you're not supposed to do. Um, it takes probably, well, for me, cause I'm so little, it takes probably about um, eight months for me to start to finish getting a product out there. So I just I just got my next sauce out there, um, Marinara Goddess, and it took me yep. about eight months to get it into the store. So right now it's currently in the stores, um, but now I'm starting on my next one, and hopefully it'll be out, you know, another eight months. So you have to start it, you know, in advance because there's so much testing and so much time that goes into getting a product out there. Well, Some people, I'm sure, are faster than I, but um, it's just me and kind of working my way through. Oh no, it wasn't a right or wrong, and there's you are where you're at. I mean, that that's that's um, there's not a right or wrong with that. I just was was curious as far as um, you know where the where they kind of come from, um, and, and 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 being that you know chief cook and bottle washer as you are now, when you expanded into Whole Foods and other retailers, but. Um, how are you getting that word out to other retailers? Maybe are you um, when you're out demoing? Are you stopping at new retailers? Possibly tell us how you're going about building your business on top of where you're at now. Honestly, I I would go in, I drop my product off, or I would um, make a couple phone calls. So. Uh, I would say a lot of people say no. A lot of people turn you away. And I think if I was just another jarred pasta sauce, I wouldn't right. have this this type of success. But because I package it differently and I am, you know, standing out, it has helped me. But I can't tell you how many people have said no, how many people have turned me away. But I'm very persistent, and I don't take no for an answer. So um, I just keep trying. And if, if that door doesn't work, I try the next door. So... 
Um, I've been very successful, and now that Acme is is interested, and I'll be starting with them, that's a huge opportunity for me. Sure, um, right. I just, you know, sometimes no isn't good enough. You know. <laughs> well, it's and it's and I one of the one of the questions I was going to ask later, but I'm just going to ask it now because I think it really ties back to where you're going. When, when times were tough and are tough, and they, trust me, they they are for all of us, but. What's carried you through to this point, Katie? Is that is that something that, you know, look, we all take no's, and some people take no's much better than others, let's face it. And you have this dogged determinedness, uh, for lack of a better word, that just you just bounce through it and go to the next place. What what's carried what carries Katie through when, when times are tough? Um I would just say my past, maybe. Um, I think that in life I've had obstacles, and I've just, you know, learned how to overcome those obstacles. You know, if I can't go over it, I have to go around it. And I think that's just kind of how I've learned to deal with life. And, um, you know, I've had a ton of support from my family. My parents both are retired, and they help me full-time. And they are just, you know, my biggest cheerleaders, my husband has been amazing and they kind of just they push me through because I need a support system you know there's only so much that I can do and they're there to help me when I'm down and I just I keep getting back up I can't say it's really one thing but I think that it's just kind of how I've lived my life in in school and in um different different things so yeah and that's and again i didn't mean to put you on the spot with that but i I just because i think it's really important though for a lot of us uh myself included um because times are tough things things do go wrong um orders do get messed up or whatever it may be and um we (laughs) all face those that that you know that same person in the mirror and it's kind of like am i doing the right thing what am i doing um and having that support system is so important Yes, I. One of the biggest mistakes I've made so far is um, before I even got my product in the store, I ordered custom packaging, and I had ordered um, oh three guys. Yeah, <laughs> right. How about that? Yes, right. <laughs> I ordered seventy five hundred bags, right? So I get the bags, and I messed up on the net weight, and um, so seventy five hundred bags have been the wrong net, the wrong net weight, and I. As soon as they came, my heart broke, and I was like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? I can't use these bags. And um, my graphic designer ended up getting me a sticker to put over it, and it ended up working out perfectly. But in that moment, my first thought was, I failed. I can't do this. Yeah. And then, you know, my everyone looked at me. I was like, what are you talking about? Get back up, figure it out, yeah. Yeah. and do it. So, you know, it's a big support system. Um, but that was definitely a huge mistake. <laughs> well, and we've all we've all been there, and there and I man, there's not enough time in today's show to even go through the mistakes that I've made. And we're going to continue to make them, but um, yeah, yeah. but again, like you said, that the key thing is not making the mistake. It's what do you do after that? Um, yeah. Do we quit? Do we run away? And and um, you know, trust me, there are days I tell my wife that I wish I was a truck driver and I punched a clock, um, <laughs> and I you know, and I I would you know hit the hit the time clock and then I could just go yeah. drive a truck for eight hours, but. Um, it doesn't work that way, and that's not what you're supposed to be doing, and that's not what I'm supposed to be doing. And and together, we we have those support systems that kind of help us through those tough times. You know what I mean? Oh God, yes, absolutely. So if you hit the lottery tomorrow, Katie Robbins, and and <laughs> you had that 
all of a sudden you've got this, um, you know, you've got 10 million bucks in the bank and you're still going to continue on. You're still doing your sauces, the whole bit. The taste of Tuscany is just going to keep marching. What would that look like to you? Would that be um, five more flavors? Would that be a, a national brand that was a partner with H.J. Heinz? What would be that um, <laughs> if, you had, if you had any dream out there? Would it be meals ready to eat? Um, you know, there's a lot of that coming down the pipe now um, where you've got the, um, the retort packaging with your sauce in it, if you will, and you plopped it in the microwave or even in an oven uh, and your product comes out with a great sauce on it already. Ever thought about, goodness gracious, if I hit the lottery, here's what I'd do next? Any, ever think that? Yes, I do all the time. I think that um, I would totally make it a national brand. I'd love to be on QVC, which <laughs> probably sounds yeah, crazy. Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> Why not? Um, but I would also do a lot of charity work. I would love to, you know, try to feed as many mouths as I could, um, make it a huge national brand, turn over a profit. To charity and and try to you know stop hunger that type of stuff. And there's so. it, it's it's really cool because I was thinking of the same thing and I, I don't know I know we've all heard of that but I, I there's um, goodness there's a couple of famous uh, restaurateurs that have, that have always just kind of branched out and and done that with I don't know whether it's sauces or pasta in general or whatever but um, you know it's such a I could see you doing that. I could just totally see you doing that. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, I'd love to tie, you know, my work with children and with food. And yeah. I think that would be where I would love to be most of all, to tie yeah. my, two, my two passions together. I think that would be incredible. You keep that dream going, okay? Keep the dream going. <laughs> so yep. what made you decide on the stand-up pouch versus other um, jars and, and canisters. Was that something that Whole Foods had helped you with? Was that something that, you know, tell me a little bit more about how you kind of came up with a stand-up pouch. Um, Whole Foods had sent me a couple links, actually, of, of different um, packaging. And I came across you guys, and I, you know what? I fell in love with the stand-up pouch. I wanted it to be able to be freezer-safe, BPA-free, yeah. um, yeah. and you guys fit all those criteria that I needed. And it helps me stand out. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's just perfect. I can't even explain it. You know, um, you come home and your, uh, you, your kids don't want to eat what you eat and you can pull the the bag, um, out of the freezer. You can pull it out of the fridge and defrost it or just heat it up. And, you know, you have two meals easy, ready to go. Um, and they're just, pliable you can put them you know on the side or you can stick them you know on the top of the of the fridge and you know on the side handle where you put like the condiments you know it doesn't have to be you know in a jar um in like a tight little space you know you can move it all over the place and and i love that and i i know it sounds a little bit goofy because we're in the flexible packaging space but um i love sauces and and things like that in flexible packaging just for some of the reasons you were just it's convenient like you were mentioning yeah. um it's easy um um you know whether it's a single serve or even reusable um you can get those sauces you can have a lot of customers get sauces or liquids with a spout um and you yeah. pour out what you need and and then recap it if you will but there's a lot of different things that are out there and and let's face it 
Um, and you've dealt with it back in the, the days of the farmer's markets, you know, storing 5,000 um, plastic jugs or glass jars or whatever it is versus 5,000 uh, stand-up pouches that are flat um, is, a night and day, is a night and day difference, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. Totally. So it's just, and, that, and again, you know, goodness gracious. So how are you marketing your little company now? Um, I know you're doing the demos. Are you... Um, are you spreading the word through any sort of marketing techniques? Is that something that's on the horizon? Tell us a little bit more about some thoughts you have to marketing um, as you as you continue down this road. Definitely, it's on the horizon. Um, I'm kind of going the, the grassroots. Yep. So I want people to know me and to yep. know my brand. I want to be out there representing it. Um, I, I truly believe it, and I'm very passionate about it. So I kind of want to be the one out there marketing it. Um, but right now I'm doing everything. I'm cooking it. I'm demoing it. I'm packaging it. I'm delivering it. So um, I know I'm going to have to give up something. But I'd love to be out there marketing it. And that's definitely coming in the future. I'm not quite sure how that will look. Um, but for right now, it's just my marketing. It's just kind of the, the grassroots style. Well, and just like anything else, um, you're going to figure it out. And and yeah. it's there's no right or wrong answer. You're just like you've done up until this point, Katie. You will figure it out. Yeah, long road, but you know it's, it's going to be such a journey, and I can't wait. And exactly. you know the path that I'm on, and it's been really neat to experience. I have to say, it's, it's been awesome. You know, and I'm really gonna I'm gonna wrap up this show with one of the final questions I like to I like to ask, and I think it's really imp- important. You know, um, and I'm gonna throw in my two cents worth if you don't if if you don't mind. Um, you know, what are you most proud of in your life as it relates to this awesome little company? And, and before you really kind of dig in, Katie, you know, I'm talking resilience and perseverance and tough and gritty. I mean, you're out there, um, just out there slinging it with the big boys. And, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just telling you right now, don't quit. Don't give up. Uh, anytime you need a pep up, call me. Uh, I'm here to help you because um, it's people like you that really inspire a lot of folks. And I know people will hear this, and I and I hope you hear that from me that I'm proud of you, and, and I oh, hope that um, and I and I hope that you continue uh, to go down this road. So so there. <laughs> I love it. Yes, thank you. Um, it's just uh, I think oh gosh, I don't even know where to start. It's it's been so amazing and. Um, I've learned so much, and I just hope that the journey continues and I can keep learning and help others. You know, as, you go, girl. as much as I'm out there, I, I yep. always tell people, you know, they say, how did you do it? I said, give me a call. I'll, I'll walk you through it. I'll help you as much as I can. I that's how it works. Person. Yep, that's so, how it works. You know, people helped me, and I want to help them. That is so. correct. Katie, I hope you'll come back and keep us posted on what you're doing. Folks, I'd like oh, to thank, thank my you. producer, Jamie Berlinger, our executive producer, Winston, Winnie Price, and all of you for listening. Our show airs on Wednesdays, 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on Voice America. And until next time, remember, it's your product, ladies and gentlemen. Package it properly. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Box. We're live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time, 4 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Please join David Marinak for another great show next week.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.